All right. Welcome to the Bro Diallo Show. Q4 Radio. That was Risto Benji. Give me back my money where me give you last week. And before that, we had Cutty Ranks, Living Conditions, Classic, and Zebra. Where you run for? I just had to dance hall this morning. I'm sorry, y'all. I need to get hype. I'm working off of just, you know, inadequate sleep, sleep deprivation. Uh, Steve Harvey said, if you don't sleep, you would get rich. I, I, I got the don't sleep part down. Now I just got to figure out how to translate lack of sleep into wealth. Because um, Steve Harvey said, rich people don't sleep. While everybody else is asleep, rich people are up and about. So where my money? Give me back my money. Because I don't, I, you know, so I had to do something to hype myself up. Because I didn't want to sit here zombie mode. Just staring. So, ain't nothing like a little old school dance hall. To hype your brother up, you know. Living condition. They might listen to me and understand. Me, I go teach you the right. Me, I go teach you the wrong. That's what I'm here for. But anyway, this is the Bro Diallo Show on Q4 Radio. Today is March 27th. <laughs> time you bastards march 27th in the year of your lord 2023 i am broadcasting straight out of the sanctuary hypocrisy that is the state of Illinois, the city of chirac in the united states of america on the over ravaged planet earth in the misnamed milky way galaxy we in here and i'm so happy to be back so happy no technical difficulties in uh, this morning. You know, if I was a, a, a superstitious man, I would knock on wood. All the lights is on. I don't see any complaints in the chat. So, we good. We making it happen, Cap'n. So, how was your weekend? How was your week? Okay, you don't want to share? That's all right. I'm going to assume y'all doing all right because y'all here with me. And so, you know. I want to send th thoughts and prayers. <laughs> no, let me not. Let me start off the, this this uh, morning. Let's just get, stay on because I don't want to say nothing reckless, man. People have been coming for me. And I don't want to be like Jonathan Majors and get canceled. Oh, Jonathan Majors, that piece of shit. Okay, j if you don't know who Jonathan Majors is, and you know, the only reason I know who Jonathan Majors is is my wife really likes that show, that supernatural black show. I've watched a couple of episodes, and I kind of lost interest. What's that show? It's monsters and magic and racism. Oh, my. Well, anyway, my wife was liking his shows that he does. And he's in Creed 3. He's like the villain. He's playing Mr. T in Creed 3. Remember uh, Rocky 3? Uh, they had uh, Mr. T playing the, the big bad villain. And now he's basically Lovecraft Country. Thank you, Trelix. Lovecraft Country. My wife, that's how I know who dude is. My wife really was a big fan of Lovecraft Country. Like I said, I watched like the first two episodes. I'm like, meh. Yeah. I, I couldn't rock with it. So, anyway, dude, everybody's talking about dude. Because, uh, um, uh, well, here's the thing about these dudes. My wife used to like. Lovecraft Country, but then it's kind of like she used to like another show. Oh shoot! 
What's that show? I don't know. I should pay more attention to my wife's interest. I'm sorry. I should pay more attention to her interest. Uh, but it's another show she used. Insecure. Insecure. And so my wife be liking these shows. And then she finds out that the major, and, and sisters, I ain't even going to put it on Dr. Mingo. The sisters be loving these shows. And then they have this, this male protagonist, protagonist or this male lead. And the male lead and the male protagonist who, who these sisters rally around these shows. They lift these brothers on, up on their shoulders. Uh, I remember that show, um, Luke Cage. And then all these leading men, these strong black figures in fictional uh, media, they end up being married to or in a relationship with white women. And then, you know, you go to those cer certain pages like uh, Lipstick Alley. I don't know the name of the, like I said, the, the, the women blogs, the, the black women blogs. And they were like, every time we got a brother that we lift up, that plays leading roles in progressive black media. They play these strong male leading roles, and they got they either supporting the sister or they got a sister supporting them, like in Luke Cage, like in Insecure, like in um, um, Jonathan Majors, Lovecraft Country. They're playing these roles where they're confronted with racism. They're playing these roles where they're confronted with bigotry, and they're playing these roles where they're sticking it to the man. They're standing up to racism. They're standing with and, and, and down with the community. Whoop, whoop, whoop. And then they, in the real world, they got a white woman on their arms. <laughs> and bless black women's heart. Black women ain't with that. They take that personal. They take that personal. It's like, well, how you playing this strong black man on this screen? You know, and then you come, like me, I personally, I don't care. You know, I, I, me personally, I don't get that, but I hear it, and I receive it, and I understand it. I accept it. I understand it. You know, like Tupac said, I ain't mad at you. I ain't mad at you. But I understand it. So anyway, Jonathan Majors and... Uh, it's to the point where I know a lot of sisters, raise your hand, tell on yourself. I know my wife does it. As soon as a new hot male star hits the hits the uh, scene, as soon as a brother comes on the scene, just a particular type of brother, the brother that plays the heroic, strong black figure role on the screen, say it's a strong black male husband, a strong black male love interest sex symbol on the screen, and then you come to the world, and you, you with the women, especially if many of your movie roles, you're confronting racism, discrimination. We got to watch you on the screen, go up against a man, be enslaved, be ripped. You know. No, it, now people say I need to care. Let me tell you what I say. I don't think that I don't care because I don't see that as a loss. I, I say if you go, I'm like Dr. Clark. You can go over there. Stay over there. So I don't I don't really understand if, if somebody don't want to be around us, don't come around us, why we consider that a loss. I think that's a good thing when they go away. So no, I, I tend to care. I tend to focus on the people that are in our tent, not those who exit the tent. I only get mad when the tent leaves the when we leave the flat open on the tent, people come and go. But anyway, I think we have much more legitimate reasons. 
I think we have much more legitimate reasons to hate John Major's guts. And I, I just, man, people hate for the wrong reasons. People get mad for the wrong reasons from my point of view. Because I came on here, I don't know if y'all listen to the Bro Diallo show, but I came on here and talked about John Majors like a dog, and it had nothing to do with who he was laid up with or who he was clinching, who he was dragging across the red carpet or dragging across a hotel room, I guess, you know, who he was allegedly laid up with or, or abusing. It has everything to do with him taking Jonathan Major is a new black star. He's in everything. I can't look. And I, as a follower, one thing I do watch are all the Marvel movies. I like to follow the Marvel universe. I've been collecting Marvel comic books since I was eight. No, I can't say that. I started collecting Marvel comic books at like eight years old, seven years old. You know, and I started reading the, the Wizard and the Knight novels, Choose Your Adventure novels. And from Choose Your Adventure novels, I went into to comic books as a small child. I remember when I first started buying comic books, they were like 35 cents. You can get them at 7-Eleven on the little stand. Now it's a whole comic book. Before there was this big comic book cons and all that stuff. And I'd hustle up my money and I'd, I'd, I'd gather my little money and I'd buy them. And when I didn't have money to pay for them, I'd steal comics. I'd steal them. Big fan of the X-Men. Big fan of the X-Men. That was, that was my mainstay. And then I'd let Trickle. And then Image Comics came out with Spawn. So I, I started collecting Spawn and uh, the, the Spawn comic. And I got in on the ground floor of that. Because those other comic book companies started publishing comics before I was born. So I got in and I had all the Image Comics. You know. And uh, I collected them through, through all the way through high school. And then I went off to college, and I left all my comics stored, neatly stored and sealed at my grandmother's house. And I ain't going to say what happened to him. Heartbroken. Ah, I can't even get into that. I don't want to. But anyway, I had a huge comic book collection that was lost to me. And then I kind of left it alone. And, like, as I was in college, after a couple of years in college, and I was hungry, I was starving, I didn't have no money for no college, and I didn't, because I had made it out the hood, I didn't want (laughs) to. be a failure because people had invested in my uh, education so I didn't I didn't really I didn't want to steal no more you see so I didn't want to steal comics I didn't have money to buy comics but then came this thing called Age of Apocalypse and I was roaming around New York and I saw this thing Age of Apocalypse and I'm like that's interesting because I saw Wolverine with one hand on the cover of this magazine so I dipped out for a while and I came back I kind of left if you know if you know you know I kind of stopped collecting comics around the age of Inferno, and I had a Jehovah's Witness friend, too, and we used to buy. He would do the Avengers, he'd buy the superhero comics, and I'd buy the mutant comics, and then we'd trade out and share. And then his father became a Jehovah's Witnesses, and that was around the time of Inferno, and the comic books, you know, the X-Men were fighting like demon incursions, and so his father not took all his comic books away, this Jehovah's idiot, took all his comic books away because they had demonic influence and threw them all in the dumpster. And half of those comics were mine because he I'd give him my mutant comics, he'd give me his hero comics and we I had half his comics I had. And anyway, he threw my comics away. 
And that, that's, that's the day. That's what planted the seed of atheism in me. It's Jehovah's Witness. Threw away the comet. And so I kind of fizzled out. And then I came back during Age of Apocalypse. I started collecting weekly again for a little while. And, you know, sporadically. And then I just started, like, recently, like, getting graphic novels. Just not even collecting the weekly comics. I'd wait for them to compile a whole series into one a whole a book. So I would get the the thick collection of several comics. But anyway, what am I talking about? I'm saying all that to say I'm sorry that Jonathan Majors, he's invading my space. I didn't care when he was in the movies for, for that my wife, you know, Lovecraft Country and all that girly, girly stuff, all that childish stuff, all that immature stuff. I didn't care when he was over there doing his uh, uh, talent. But now he's been coming to the Marvel Universe. Now, I ain't seen the movie. I saw him in Loki. Now he's in my space. Now he's messing with me in my business. So when I saw this guy pop up in Loki, and I knew he was going to play Kang the Conqueror, and I'm very familiar with Kang the Conqueror, you know, and so I'm like, wow, that's a major, major villain in the Marvel Universe, time-traveling imperialist. He didn't just colonize country, he colonized time. So you know they're going to make him black because they like to warp you know, super science fiction. So anyway, I'm looking at this dude, I'm like he's popping up everywhere. And first thing I saw was that he, after he would really got big, he did this movie called Devotion. I don't know if I, I, uh, I don't want to get a copyright strike, right? But it's this shitty ass movie called Devotion. Kill this thing. There's this shitty movie called Devotion that this dude is starring in. And I know, because I stay some woke, they got y'all ashamed of being woke. And I used to hear woke a lot more in the in the community. And, you know, because I'm a woke brother, I don't know if I could play the sound. Because I don't want no copyright strikes. But you got this devotion movie where he's playing a uh, Korean War pilot. If you know anything about the Korean War and the atrocities that the United States, the imperialist atrocities that the United States committed. And so I look at this and I'm like, God, here we go again. Because every time they turn a black man into a mega star, they also turn him and employ him for the U.S. propaganda war machine. Will Smith, flying jets, fighting for Uncle Sam, Denzel Washington, and all this war propaganda. So they got this one of the biggest rising black stars. You know, you out here fighting racism during Jim Crow and fighting monsters and supernatural forces under Jim Crow. You out here boxing, you out here being this sex symbol and this man who's not afraid to 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 challenge gender norms and gender stereotypes. Everybody's showing you love, and then you turn around and do this to her. And I saw this because I didn't pay much attention to dude until he became out as Kang, and I'm like, oh shit, Kang! I li- I'm, I you know I follow the Marvel movies, and then I'm like, oh, they gonna put him. He's a big star. Everybody knows him. He's a brother. He's a sex symbol to the sisters, and he's a a a a. 
uh, I don't know what he is to us brothers. I don't know what he is to y'all. Some of y'all, you know, brothers that work out, maybe want to follow his regimen. He's a role model. Hashtag goals for us, too. And they stick his ass in the middle of some American war propaganda. Goddamn, it was an atrocity. It was the U.S. committed of countless atrocities and mass murders and burnings of village. Nothing but perpetual war crimes in the Korean War. And the United States continues to commit war crimes and violations on the Korean Peninsula. So I'm like, I don't, I don't care who he laid up with. I don't care who this dude is laid up with. He's anti-black because he's doing Western U.S. war propaganda. I mean, look at this. He's just out here bombing and in the in the white man's uniform. Yeah, that's how you do it. November 23rd. Did it come out already? I ain't going to see that shit. They don't even need us to see it. They just need to know. Sell out, right? But now, even worse than that, that's bad. I'm like, this dude is shitty for doing that. But no, he wasn't finished. This motherfucker, he's an ass. Y'all, y'all focus and mad about the wrong shit. I mean, let the brother have all the white women. But here's the real problem with, with Jonathan Majors. You know, I think I could play this because I paid for this. This is uh, military propaganda. Come look at this. Y'all come look at this. That's the Revolutionary War. Colonizers versus cop. Look at this. For you. When you look into your future, look do you see a life full of obstacles or possibilities? Back in 1775, the 13 colonies combined their outmatched forces into a unified army, beginning the fight for our nation's independence. And that was the first obstacle. The army made history by overcoming the insurmountable. But history is never over. Look at two. The obstacles kept coming. One after the other after the other. In the trenches of World War II, storming the beach of Normandy. Again, look how heroic the U.S. Pushing back from the brink of disaster and grasping Colonial victory war. for hopeless odds. Getting bigger, smarter, and stronger. Listen. Oh, he's just in it. Ball chasing. Y'all tell you. The army transformed the lives of the millions within its ranks and the character of oh, this country. Oh, now the, oh, saving babies. That's what all that equipment to, look at to save horse. babies. That's been overcoming them for almost 250 years. 250 years. Where you can draw strength from those beside you. Look, somebody. Make your history. I'm glad it was a white boy on the bus. Yeah, send the white boys to be fodder for U.S. Army. <laughs> y'all, are y'all crazy? So y'all mad about the wrong shit. This dude is a, doing U.S. military war propaganda, recruiting youth into the be fodder for the capitalist war machine. What? I don't think I should get a copyright strike for playing U.S. military propaganda. It's, it's the, the military. It's our troops. It's our military. I'm a U.S. citizen. I got my Social Security card. Social Security. And y'all mad about his girlfriend? 
When this dude is a full-on U.S. imperialist, US, he's out there rewriting history of the Revolutionary War. We was in slavery, and they kept us enslaved. The Civil War, where they allowed us to be re-enslaved after 10 years of Reconstruction. The North sold us out to the so South. World War One, World War Two, Jim Crow. Vietnam War still under segregation and Jim Crow. He didn't even go into the 90s conflicts. The war on terror, the genocidal war on terror that he just glossed over. When they got to the modern era, where it's more fresh in our memories, they show a black woman taking a black kid off a helicopter. That's to uh, represent modern warfare. Not the drones. This is the baby, you know, the United States is spending a trillion dollars to save black children. <laughs> And so, you know, I'm minding my business, living my life, and I hear that the U.S. military, because of uh, this guy, they were like, yeah, let's use this boy. Come on, boy. Get up here. Get up here. And the U.S. military pulls this ad. I couldn't get this ad from the U.S. military sites. The United States military is no longer running that ad. I found it from another person who ripped it and put it up on their site. But this ad is no longer being paid to be distributed by the U.S. Armed Forces propaganda wing because he was accused of assaulting his uh, uh, girlfriend. And now his girlfriend claims that she made a false accusation and, and her false accusation was the result of a mental health crisis. Now, I... Uh, do not support the slogan of Me Too. I do not support the slogan of Me Too. The slogan of Me Too was believe women. I, as a black man, who a woke, conscious, revolutionary black man, cannot accept or regurgitate the blanket term of believe women. Nah, because white women are in that. White women are women. Ain't she a woman? And white women been lying and getting black men lynched, black men getting decades in jails for crimes they can't. So, no. So I, I just can't. I just, my, 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 my consciousness won't allow it. My womanism comes up against my, my, my black consciousness and black solidarity. So you better say believe black women. If you can't be more specific, which women? Because if it's a white woman making an edge, uh, I, I need the swabs, I need the luminol, I need the magnifying glass, trench coat, inspector gadget, Sherlock Holmes. If a white woman says something, and if you're a white woman, listen to me, and you're a white woman that's down for justice, then you should too. Because non-white people are mad vulnerable under the criminal justice, and the white man even if you're a white woman who fights the patriarchy, white woman, you have been used as an instrument, as a tool, as an ally, as an asset, and often as an initiator of racist atrocities based on white women's accusations, false accusations. So the white woman's credibility, you know, I call it the Emmett Till Protocol. You can't just come at me and tell me nothing. If, you, if the evidence bears true, then I'll cry for justice too. I'll, 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 you know, you go out there and scream and burn bras. I'll be like, yeah, okay, scream and burn your bras. 
But, nah, I don't believe shit. Like I said, you better call Inspector Gadget. You better call, oh, is that Pink Panther? What's that guy's name? Clouseau. Inspector Clouseau. You better, you better get on it. Better call Columbo. Better spray that stuff. Better dust for prints. Because I ain't believing nothing on, on the word of, of any white person. White men or white women. White nothing. But beyond that, he's losing uh, sponsorships. And even though now they're talking about charging the his, his so-called victim, it's messy. But it ain't messy for me because I'm clear. Clear AF. I stopped effing with dude when I saw that he was a enthusiastic military asset. He is putting out, enthusiastically putting out war. But then I thought it was hypocritical. When he got accused of assaulting his girlfriend, instead of the U.S. military uh, uh, ending its association with him, stop running his ads, kicking him off the payroll, they should have doubled his pay. They should have doubled his pay because if the U.S. military didn't want to be hypocritical, because the U.S. military is a, a, an assault, a sexual and physical assault machine. And I'm not just talking about the millions of victims in, across the globe. I'm not talking about the victims of U.S. military atrocities in Africa, in Latin America, Central America, the, the Caribbean. Central Europe, Eastern Europe, throughout Asia, Southeast Asia. I'm not talking about U.S. military atrocities across the globe. I'm talking about the enlisted, the people who sign up to be fodder for the capitalist uh, uh, war machine, the people who enlist to be frontline soldiers for the empire. Those people, the soldiers, in the most recent published survey, 16% of males, 16% of males report having been sexually assaulted or harassed within the ranks of the military. 33% of female enlistees have reported sexual assault and harassment in the year of soldiers. And if you know anything about sexual assault reports and allegations, it's always the tip of the iceberg for the vast majority go unreported. And you ain't got to come to me. You ain't got to believe me because you know I'm anti-military. Y'all talking about defund the police. I'm saying dismantle the U.S. war machine. But if you go to the military times, If you go to the military time, if you go to the media that the U.S. military produces, the pro-military, the military has a, uh, a sexual assault problem, is only getting worse. And women often that have been in the military, very famous military women, like female astronauts, a lot of astronauts come out of the Navy, Navy pilots, 
and Air Force pilots often, if you want to be an astronaut, your your the fast track to becoming an astronaut is not going to be a scientist, but become becoming a soldier. Because everything is about military, about death, about uh, 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 more efficient ways of killing masses of people. So they are, um, they have famous women, astronauts, women who've been to space, getting harassed in fucking space, being assaulted in the, in, in, in the military space program. And the women are like, that are interviewed, saying, listen, you know, I went to college, I became an engineer. Uh, I became an engineer, I became a, uh, a, a research scientist, I became an, uh, a, um, an aviator, and I go to the military and I want to have a military career, I want to go to the highest ranks, and I know if I report a sexual assault, that's the end of my career. Even if my accusations are validated, even if my accusations uh, uh, are carried, followed through on, I will be forever marked in my career. So even the people willing to kill, even the people willing to commit atrocities, even the people who are willing to commit international war crimes in a patriotic bloodlust, they're not safe. The men aren't safe. West Point just had a huge hazing scandal. So if we just keeping it real, if we keeping it a buck, if we keeping it standing on ten toes, U.S. military, y'all need to go on and restate Jonathan Majors because he's right. He's going right along with, and that doesn't even count the domestic violence. I'm talking about enlisted people who go into the armed forces and they face daily humiliation, assault, harassment by other soldiers. That doesn't even count the horrendous domestic violence. The horrendous domestic violence that are committed by soldiers. That don't even count every time they do a major uh, investigation into neo-Nazi far-right extremists, white, I don't like the term white supremacists, they are white aggressors. If you really want to be white and supreme, go study, go research, go and in, 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 in cultivate your mind. They want my mic louder. Okay, I'll turn my mic up. How's that? Go investigate. Go and go be supreme. Let me, I don't even care. I, I ain't competing with y'all. How come by being supreme, you just, the only supremacy y'all seem to be able to carry out is, is hyper-violence, supreme violence, supreme theft. But I ain't gonna, I'm, here I am trying to give advice to white supremacists on how to truly exercise for supremacy. Forgive me. Yeah, you know, sometimes I get beside myself. I don't like the term white supremacists. I like white aggressors. White aggressors. So with these white aggressors, every time they do a sweep of any white nationalist, patriot, right wing group, 
their ranks are always full of active army personnel or retired military veterans. And to the point where the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff of the U.S. military sat before the Congress and is like, I got so many white supremacists, neo-Nazis in my military, I don't know what to do. And y'all want me to purge the neo-Nazis? We won't have enough people to go commit global atrocities. You can't say the president and the Congress want us to go around and commit atrocities. And we need, just like we need the gullible, poor, impoverished, and starving masses people to be fodder. On top of that, we need also the white aggressors. And so... The army rank is full of predators, sexual predators who prey on their own fellow troops. The person you're going to be depending on to look over your shoulder while you are over uh, in, uh, doing the bidding of multinational corporations, while you're over there committing atrocities in the name of democracy, you're going to need somebody to watch your back because not everybody's going to roll over and bend over. So while you're over there murdering freedom fighters, murdering uh, uh, guerrillas and insurgents uh, who are doing nothing more than uh, uh, protecting their country, you're going to need somebody to, and they can't even not rape each other. They get free reign to commit atrocities and commit assaults all over the globe, but that's not enough. They have to turn and cannibalize their own. Sick. So anyway, all I'm saying is Jonathan Majors, get, go get your job back, because if you are a brutal person who assaults people and assaults women then you were in the right place you were in the right place I just thought it was crazy I just thought it was insane that the US military will make a public statement rush out as if the military gives a damn about women being assaulted and say that they are going to kick Jonathan Majors off the payroll and he's still going to be getting military money, though, even though. So even if he's not doing recruitment videos for the imperialist genocidal army, because Marvel movies are all military propaganda. Marvel movies are all shot using U.S. military equipment, U.S. military owned sites, U.S. military grade uh, uh, pyrotechnics and explosives. And they all have both Pentagon and CIA consultants on their payroll of Marvel who review the scripts and say, we can't have you put out anything that makes the U.S. military looks bad, and we want you to put out movies and content. I know it. Shut up. I know it. I don't sit there and watch blindly. I don't sit there drooling over Thor and Black Panther. Not understand. I understand it. I understand it. So, you know, all I'm saying is y'all mad at Jonathan Majors. He ain't hurt y'all by going to get himself a white woman. In some ways, he's helped the community. He's done us a solid. His real issue is that you have a talented black people who voluntarily and enthusiastically and overtly nakedly become propagandists for the empire. Propagandists for the empire. Let's move on.
thoughts and prayers to, 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 to Mississippi. And I hate to, 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 to talk about Mississippi like a dog because I know it's a lot of black people there. My wife is, is her entire family come from Mississippi. Both of her parents, grandparents, Mississippians, they came up in the north during the Great Migration. They've been in Chicago for decades, but you know, you, you can take Mississippi, you can take the mud skipper out of Mississippi, but you can't take the Mississippi out of the mud skipper. And every now and then, Mississippi comes out of my wife. Every now and then. She's been in the big city all these years. She's been around this concrete skyscrapers, high culture, <laughs> all her life. But every now and then, I come down to the kitchen and she got Mississippi on the damn stove. Like, what are you making? <laughs> Every now and then, she'll be out in our little urban condo garden out there in Mississippi. So, you know, don't think, don't think that, you know, just you can take, like I said, you can take the, the bumpkin out of the country, but you can't take the country out of the bumpkin. Anyway. Mississippi's had a lot of bad storms. Mississippi, Alabama have hit the worst. They were hit with what is called an EF4 storm, storm tornado. And the EF stands for Enhanced uh, Fujita Scale. And that's how they determine the strength of tornadoes. And basically, it's how strong it is is how fast the winds accelerate. So an EF4 is a tornado that can reach up to 200 mile an hour winds. And there's one step above that, the EF5. So it didn't surpass 200, but they can come up to 200. I think it's between like 165 to 200 mile an hour winds. And just ripping through Mississippi and Alabama, parts of Louisiana, right? And it's bad. And unfortunately, there's a lot of black people down there needlessly and unjustly suffering. But I'm going to say this. Here, where's the limb? Because I'm about to go out on it. I'm about to go out on the goddamn limb. Like I said, there's a lot of people needlessly suffering in Mississippi. But there's even more people justifiably suffering in Mississippi. Now, I'm out on that limb, and I'm going to say it, God damn it. I'm sick of these goddamn uh, uh, Republicans. God damn it. The, the, uh, the Republican Party, immediately, within hours of the reports of the storm, Joe Biden, the Biden administration released a statement. The president actions, he released a uh, Mississippi disaster declaration, and it states, the president's action makes federal funding available to affect individuals in the counties of Carroll, Humphreys, Monroe, and Sharkley. Assistance can include grants for temporary housing and home repairs. Grants. That's white welfare. They don't like to say welfare and white folks in the same sentence, so they call it set-asides and allotments and, and grants. They have a lot of, of, of sanitized words for the welfare when it comes to white people, but we're, we're going to say assistance, welfare, for temporary housing and home repairs, low-cost loans to cover the uninsured property losses. So you ain't insured, 
You talk about bootstrap, I got the bit. Property losses and other programs to help individuals and business owners, but business owners recover from the effects of the disaster. Now, I'm a socialist. I support giving people all those things. When I go to the ballot and vote, I vote for politicians who at least, at least promise to, to fully fund disaster relief, welfare program, housing. I support housing programs and housing vouchers. I support food stamps. I support universal. And every time I go to the polls, that's what I vote for. I don't support military budgets. I don't support corporate set-asides, corporate uh, monopolies. I am anti-capitalist. And to the extent that I can get any type of competent, insane policies through the government, I'll support it. But the vast majority of Mississippians don't support none of that. They vote for the Republican Party. And the Republican Party has consistently for decades since its founding, since its founding, has voted to defund FEMA. They would talk shit about FEMA camps and FEMA was going to put us all on concentration camps and they said FEMA went and bought a million and one, all these millions and millions of coffins and the FEMAs was going to go across and commit mass genocide across America and put us all in FEMA coffins and the few people that they don't kill, they're going to put on FEMA camps which are akin to concentration camps. So the right wing... The conservatives, the Republicans, the reactionaries, the evangelicals have all been against these programs. They say the Lord will make a way somehow. When here beneath the cross I vow, I don't need government assistance. And, and when they say I don't need it, what they thought, every time a white Republican walks into the ballot booth, they see themselves denying a black child health care, a black family housing, a black mother a, 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 a Pell Grant to go to college. They think they're voting against resources for poor people, poor minorities. They're voting against the Republican Party of Mississippi. The Republican Senate, the Republican senator and Congress people from Mississippi just in the last administration, the Trump administration said we're going to defund FEMA. We're going to take millions and billions of dollars from FEMA and we're going to take that money and reallocate it to build a border wall. We're going to take money from FEMA and re and white folks ran to the ballot box, tripped over themselves in Mississippi in Alabama to push the button for Trump, 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 Trump. So let them go live under the shelter of the goddamn wall. I'm for helping people, but I'm not for helping people that slap your hand away, that spit on your hand, that go smear feces on the walls of the when they don't get their way. Man, fuck them people. I'm out on the ledge. I told y'all. Maybe they just need to get a little taste. Let them let them get the policies. Let them get what they've been voting for since Jim Crow. Mississippi been voting. Jim, Mississippi used to be a Democratic state for elections. If you go look at the election history. It was blue, 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 blue. When did Mississippi stop voting blue? Because the Democratic Party said, listen, 
we're going to support the civil rights bill. Because before, the Democratic Party was the party of the KKK. The Democratic Party was the uh, party of the White Citizen Council. Democratic Party was the party of segregation. They had a slogan, segregation yesterday, segregation today, segregation forever. And Mississippi was like, yes, Mississippi, goddamn. And Mississippi supported that. And then you had a Democratic president that says, I'm going to sign the Civil Rights Act. I'm going to come up with the great society policies. We're going to turn. We're going to turn a corner. We're going to stop being the redneck KKK party, and we're going to become the LBJ party. We're going to lean into that because LBJ and his populist policies were so popular. Let's just go in with liberal reformist policies. Let's just lean all the way into that. And since liberal economic policies uh, uh, and progressive economic policies it has really strengthened our party, why don't we use progressive and apply those same economic policies to social policies. We're going to do welfare. We're going to do uh, 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 desegregation. The Democrats, we're going to do uh, uh, all this. Uh, uh, we're going to sit down with Dr. King and white folks that very next elections, white folks was like uh, Republicans, what y'all want to do? We can't rely on the Democrats. And for a while, the Democratic Party had slid in, split in half. You had the, 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 the Democratic Party, then you had the Southern Patriotic Democrats or, or the Blue Dog Democrats and the, and the Mason-Dixon Democrats. The Democratic Party literally had a civil war, and it was split in half. And the Republicans was like, listen, you got all these disaffected Democrats. Let us become the racist party. And they had this thing called literally the Southern Strategy. Wasn't a very creative name. But that's what it was. And the Southern strategy was the Republican Party retooling itself to appeal to all the angry Democrats who got mad that the Democratic leadership decided to lean into progressivism uh, rooted in the, the, the New Deal, great society, and civil rights policies between the, the, uh, 19, the late 1940s going up until the 1970s. Um, so the the... Democrats went through a transformation and black people at that time made a same transition. Black people transitioned to the Democrats because most black people were Republicans. Martin Luther King and his daddy, they came up Republican. My great grandpa Bowie, most of his life was a Republican. I think his first time voting for a Democratic presidential candidate was like in 90 or 94. He was a Republican most of his life, my great-grandfather. So there was a switch, and it was just a, a, a change of chairs. The white Southern racist was like, hey, give us here. You take the donkey, you give us the elephant, and we're going to go on with business as usual. And all that to say, all that to say, I ain't even going to go back since 1980. Since 1980. Mississippi, Alabama specifically, but the southern, most of the southern states in particular have consistently voted against funding government relief programs, welfare, housing assistance, federal emergency. They want small government. They voted to empower 
business to remove regulations on business. They voted against any level of climate change policies to limit carbon emissions, which are driving these storms. The white conservative Mississippians and Alabamians have did everything in their power to make this reality real. They've done everything in their power to fuel climate change and un and and, re and, and, and stop any mitiga mitigation against climate change. Everything in their goddamn power. And then on top of that, destabilizing the environment, they've also worked tirelessly to deregulate and to defund public assistance of all types, relief of all types. They wanted to privatize everything. So let private, commercial, for-profit disaster relief companies go in there. Let the military track contractors go in there. Let the private insurance companies go in there. The corporate private insurance. Let them have what they ask for. That's all I'm saying. Let them have what they ask for. I'm not saying take anything away from these people. Deny anything to these white uh, Southerners, these evangelicals. Thoughts and prayers. The same thing they give when children are being shot up in their schools instead of sensible gun reform. Give them thoughts and prayers. I'm going to sit right now. I'm an atheist, so I'm not going to sit in my prayer because I don't know who my prayers go to or where that blessings come from. It could be the devil. It could be Obatala, it could be Shiva, or it could be Jesus Christ. Since I'm an atheist, I don't rock with none of the religions. I imagine that when I pray, my just, you know, I imagine the gods just, you know, smacking down my prayers like Mutumbo. Uh-uh-uh. I'd be like, oh, Lord, oh, ancestors, uh-uh-uh. Nah, you don't worship us. You don't give us 10% of your meager income. You don't have a shrine. So I ain't going to pray for you just because I don't know who to pray, who's going to accept the prayer and who's going to send the blessing. But I'm going to give a thought. Give me a moment because I'm going to send a thought. And then let's all do it. Let's all take a moment to send a thought and the prayers to the right evangelical conservative Republican MAGA bootstrap. Pull yourself up. Self-sufficient, self-reliant people of, of, of the of the Mason Dixon. I'm about to send a thought. You can send a prayer or a thought. Thoughts and prayers. Let's send them out. Three, two, one. All together now. Oh, just sent a thought. Y'all send thoughts and prayers. Shout out to y'all. Y'all doing double duty, sending thoughts and prayers. I'm just sending thoughts. Because that's all. I, I think that's all. I mean, they do everything in their power. The bugger got no shame. You literally had a situation with libertarian senators from Kentucky. When New York City had a hurricane and the goddamn uh, 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 um, the, the entire subway system had flooded. New York streets, uh, city streets had turned to, to oceans. And they wanted to declare New York City a disaster zone. And Republican, libertarian, right wing senators said we ain't sending no aid to New York. Big city, bunch of liberals, bunch of Jews. No way, we ain't sitting that voted against. And then when they, those same senators that voted against relief were appealing for the same relief funds just a few weeks later. It's just the hypocrisy. I can't do it. I can't do it. It's too much for me. The bugger got no shame. Now, of course, this don't go for the 
all the black folks in Mississippi, all the progressive, all the, I mean, there are some, some progressive, true progressive, true leftists, even some liberals, even some Democrats. You know, but if you are a conservative, evangelical, if you are a right winger in the in in them storms, come on, stay. You know, stay and stay. Do what you said you're gonna do. The thing where you said do the bootstrap shit. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Personal responsibility. The Lord, you're blessed and highly flavored. The Lord will not put on you more than you can handle. And when the FEMA check come, rip it up. When the Army Corps of Engineers and when the public assistance come, you you tell you stand on what the, the your, you stand on the, the 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 empty spot where your trailer used to be with your shotgun, and you tell them you get off my land, you get off my land with that them welfare, you get take that insurance check and shove it. You all stand there, do stand on what y'all be a hundred toes down. Say, take my money, take my insurance, take my relief, take the building materials and build a wall. Don't rebuild my house. Don't say, hey, I don't want you to rebuild my house. Go build a wall just like y'all voted for. Just like y'all voted for. Y'all voted to defund FEMA and to take that funding. Every dollar you want to pull out of FEMA and build the wall. So say, hey, don't rebuild my trailer. Don't compensate me for my lost hogs. Don't pay for my uh, my loved one's health care. No way. Take all of that and put it on the wall. The bugger got no shame. And Mississippi is the poorest state in the United States. And Alabama is out of 50. It's the eighth. So Alabama is up there in the top 10 poorest. And those are the same states that consistently vote against any type of public assistance. Like Bobby E. Wright said, I'm sorry, I didn't want to call him Bobby E. Wright anymore. I want to call him Bobby Absolutely Right. Like the great ancestor, Bobby Absolutely Right said, (laughs) if you want to play games, I'll play games with you. This whole country is all about white people forcing other people to, to correct to heal their self-inflicted wounds. Telling you white people every problem y'all clean, claim y'all have, all white wounds are self-inflicted. Ain't nobody doing y'all worse than y'all. The greatest threat to the white masses is the white elites. And that is the people that the white masses ev- never ever accuse or go after. But more on that later. What time is it? Oh, it's 7.06 in the a.m. You're listening to Q4 Radio. Q4.org. This is the Bro Diallo broadcast every uh, Monday morning. Now, any money y'all was going to send to Mississippi, I tell you, they don't want it. Unless you know some black people, if you're going to send your money, send it to the cooperatives, send it to the progressive movement, send it to the real revolutionaries, send it to Skip Coon. Any support you want to give, send it to Skip Coon. Don't send it to, because, you know, and that's what's so fucked up, because you do have progressives in the southern states. They ain't got no power. They can't, they can't get a senator. They can't get a, a governor. They can't get no, but you do have real progressives in the dirty, dirty. Like I said, my, my people's, my wife's family, they all Mississippians, both sides of her family, her mother, her grandfather, her maternal, Mother, grandfather, and grand, and her paternal, all Mississippians. She got people down there, land down there. She's she's from Mississippi, and they some radicals. 
my my wife's grandfathers were some radical progressive black dudes so i ain't saying so for y'all i know y'all gonna get i'm not talking about y'all <laughs> is there any way to 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 earmark white folks been figuring out how to just give support to specific groups all the time they get support to black to to white people and lead the blacks out high and dry so i'm just saying anyway and to y'all down there i you know seriously all jokes aside you know we already know them 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 goddamn cracker that uh voted against all that public aid gonna suck it all up and give it to brett Favre or whoever the, the 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 ball chaser the white boy ball chaser disgusting the bugger got no shame oh 706 i'm tripping they did daylight save daylight saving times it's 8 10 in the a.m thank you thank you erica man if it wasn't for y'all i'm gonna give all y'all co-host credits because man who knows where i'd be or what kind of mess i'd be saying if it wasn't for for the brothers and sisters in the live feeds because y'all right it's 8 10 in the a.m god i gotta get to the tap topic i wanted to talk about idaho uh, permits firing squad the regression of this country but uh, i guess we're gonna talk about that in indirectly but uh let me tell you for every republican in the in the eye of the storm just let it know it's god's will what i tell y'all you know when there's an earthquake in california or a hurricane in new york the the evangelicals say it's because of the sin the homosexuality and the, and the women uh, uh an abortion and the women getting abortion that's why god sent an earthquake to or a heat wave or a drought or fires to california or, or a hurricane you know the worldly worldly evil wicked cities but then whenever a, a, a disaster hits the bible belt they say what it's harp it's government funded uh, a harp Weather manipulation by the Illuminati. The Jews, the Zionist occupied government and the Illuminati. Because, you know, it ain't no sin in Mississippi with their child brides and incest. Ain't no sin in below the Bible Belt, <laughs> below the Mason Dixon. So they, I love how they could just, man, they, they cold blooded with the mental gymnastics. They need to go ahead and put that, you know. Let's get mental gymnastics into the Olympics. I tell you, these evangel these hypocritical Christians and conservatives would take home the gold for mental gymnastics. They flip it, smack it, flip and rub it down, logic and truth. Anyway, I did I do what I was supposed to do? Oh, I gotta ask to appeal to y'all to support the Bro Diallo show. There are so many ways to support. You can like, you can share, you can subscribe. If you ain't subscribed to the Bro Diallo broadcast, what's your reasoning? Tell me what, uh, tell me what, tell me what I got to do. I sound like an R&B cat. <laughs> tell me what you want me to do. Uh, let me know what I could do to improve the Bro Diallo broadcast so y'all can send me support. Subscribe, get them subscriber numbers up, get them shares up, get the likes and all that jazz, that algorithmic hustle. Uh, you support, um, become a Patreon supporter, and I'm, I'm, you know, on 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 my on my mama, I'm about to get out there and get them Patreon uh, packages out to my supporters. I know I'm behind on everything, 
but you can just send one time donation via Cash App or Venmo. There's so many ways to to, to show your your love and support for the Bro Diallo broadcast. Just do pick pick a way. Pick a, pick one way and just do it. Just pick one. <laughs> Come on now, don't be like that. You know. If you want the Bro Diallo show to go, I am purely lins- listener sponsored. And you would think I'd say things that were more appealing to my listeners being 100% listener sponsored. <laughs> but I tell the truth. You know, every time I come on air, I lose support every time I open my mouth. So, you know, for the few people that rock with me all the way, you're going to have to step up and carry the burden. Anyway, what I did that. Oh, uh, Q4 Radio, I said the time, Q4.org. And now we can move on to the topic. Today, I'm talking about the roadmap to genocide. And, you know, I came downstairs. And my wife was like, oh, what are you talking about for the show tomorrow? And I said, I'm talking about genocide. And she was like, well, can you sometimes talk about good things? And I'm like, what do you suggest I talk about on the Bro Diallo show? What, What do you want? And she couldn't think of nothing. She tried to act like little Miss Sunshine, little ray of sunshine. But we both are, are, are lifelong revolutionists, organizers. So I'm like, tell me what? What 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 we gonna talk about? And here's the thing, man, there's so many positive people out there. There's so many people out there to encourage you. I don't have to throw my hat in. I'm just throw, and my thing is I just talk about what I think, I try to fill in the deficits. That's all. I'm like a, a spackler. You know, I see little holes and crevices where I think we need some emphasis. So anyway, I want to talk about the roadmap to genocide. Because black people are under a campaign to genocide. But I, I always, in, in, you know, it's like when I was talking about resurrecting manhood and the death of manhood. You know, I'm going to have to tell some truths here. Because I lied a little bit. Because I, th- I didn't really lie, but I embellished. Because it's not genocide is not something that is coming. Genocide is coming. And, and one positive, but to me, here is to me, from my understanding of positivity. To me, positive is what enhances you. Positive is what ala- equips you to, to navigate or make appropriate choices so i don't really think it's positive to tell someone hey it's it's going to be great it's going to be sunshine every day when it isn't i don't think that's positive i don't think it's positive to 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 sell delusions so i do believe that the bro diallo show is a positive show because i think it makes a positive impact on the community and the culture I think uh, someone say we need a new green book. No, we it ain't just for the South. You need a green book, uh, the, the NAACP, the state that has the, the some of the highest incidents of racist uh, uh, assaults against travelers, one of the states that is least safe for black people traveling is uh, Missouri, where the Kansas City chief, black quarterback, all that bullshit, uh, Missouri. The NAACP uh, put out a statewide warning against the Missouri. Missouri ain't the South. I was born and raised in Missouri. That's the Midwest. 
So we need a global green book <laughs> for the whole goddamn world. Black people going uh, uh, to Mexico, black people going to, to, to Europe and being assaulted and discriminated against. For black people, we need a global green book, not just for the South. But I, I feel you. It ain't, we're not safe around these white aggressors. But anyway, maybe I have a warped image. To me, something is positive. To me, if I'm in bed and I hear a smoke alarm go off, it's an unpleasant noise that is signaling a very unpleasant event. But ultimately, the smoke alarm going off is a very positive event. That's why we all have smoke alarms. And to me, to get up here and just say good shit to make people feel good, we are kings and queens and everything will be all right. We shall overcome. And if I get on here and talk, that's like taking the batteries out of the smoke alarm. That's that's the way I see it. That's like taking batteries out of the goddamn smoke alarm. I'm the smoke alarm. Yes, it's unpleasant to hear. But you better listen and you better heed the words of the brother. Smoke alarms are positive. Fire alarms are positive. So culturally, intellectually, ideologically, look at my show as a smoke alarm. It might not be a pleasant sound, but it's a sound you should heed. You should maybe check it out. It could be a low battery it could be just, you know, you left something on the stove or it could be a life threatening event, but you should at least investigate. And that's what I encourage. Anything I assert here, anything I say about ideology, about history, about politics, about strategies and tactics, investigate it. Just go, oh, what's that I hear? Look around, sniff around. And if you find out that it's, it's that that I'm being alarmist, oh, no, ain't no genocide against black people. Then come tell me, and I'd be the first one to come on this show to be like, damn, I was wrong as hell. I hope I'm wrong about everything. I know I'm not, but. Anyway, so, yeah, this is a positive show. I ain't going to let y'all keep tearing me down. You and my wife bringing the black man down. You know, me and Jonathan Majors, y'all not going to bring us down. <laughs> so, um, uh, yeah, this is a positive show. I'm doing something positive. I'm doing, I'm providing a service that y'all should support me in, in providing. And then y'all can go, if y'all want to hear some affirmations and some, um, and, and you want to hear the gong and the, and the chimes and, and, and smell the incense, it's a place for that. I ain't tearing that down, but I ain't going to pretend like what those people are doing is any less valid than what I'm doing. So anyway, roadmap to genocide. Black people, it's really not appropriate for black people to talk about genocide is coming or genocide is going to happen. Black people, we have been under an ongoing campaign of genocide since the uh, um, end of slavery. Black people are under, we are confused because we think that genocide means extermination. Genocide is a tactic or method of control. And it has several goals. Often it can lead to the absolute, the uh, attempt or the successful extermination of a targeted population. But most genocides do not end in extermination of the targeted group. As even white folks call it, 
Genocide has five basic characteristics or elements. Killing members of the group. They've been killing us nonstop, not extermination. Killing members of a group. Causing seriously bodily or mental harm to members of the group. Serious bodily or mental harm to members of the group. Do I got to go into detail? Do I got to talk? And when they say seriously bodily harm, they don't just mean beating you with the stick. They don't just mean stabbing you or shooting you. Seriously bodily harm is putting lead in your water. Putting lead in the water. Seriously bodily harm is putting toxic food, drugs, chemical, crack cocaine, facilitating the distribution of crack cocaine through the black community. Diabetes, type 2 diabetes, is seriously bodily harm. Seriously bodily harm is when black people have high rates of, of, of cancer, prostate, breast, colorectal cancer, and the resources aren't put forward for detection and remediation of those cancers. When the cure for the heart disease and the many other issues that afflict black people are readily available, but the government or the Private corporations do not allow us access to remedies. That's seriously bodily harm. Targeted specifically at a specific group. And the mental harm, do I got to go into it? So deliberately inflicting. Now, they ain't said nothing about extermination. And this is white folks' definition. The people who, the top committers of the people who committed genocide defined it. And it says, deliberately inflicting conditions of life calculated to bring about physical destruction in whole or in part. So if you are imposing conditions... To bring about projects, once upon a time in the projects, yo, redlining, redlining, mass incarceration, three strikes, you're out, defunding schools, expansion of the police, to destroy in part or in whole. Imposing measures intended to prevent births within groups. And what do they say? We got black people saying. I've had black people tell me conscious, revolutionary black people. What it what it what it uh what it um before he got locked up? Like literally days before he got locked up, what a young thug come on there. He said the government should pass a law saying poor people can't nut. Reproduction is tied to economics. So if you can find evidence of targeted and deliberate economic suppression, you can find evidence of measures intended to prevent births. If you can find evidence within the United States of racially targeted economic uh, subversion or repression of, of the black community, 
extracting resources from our community or preventing resources from going into our community, you have identified a genocidal tactic. Forcibly transferring children to the group, from one group to another. That means white people adopting black babies. Now, when I was getting my master's degree, one of the people in there was a top official. One of my fellow students was this sister who worked for, uh, she worked for um, Child Protective Services here in Chicago. And she was getting a promotion, but they said, you know, you've been working with us for two decades, 20 years, and you're really brilliant. You run this office, but we can't promote you unless you get a master's degree. We just can't. The, the, you, you've hit the glass ceiling. So unless you have a master's or a Ph.D., you can't get this. So she came and, and she was in the program and she's like, I'm just here to get this paper. You can't teach me nothing. I already know everything. And she did. I can't even argue with the sister. <laughs> you know. She's like, y'all can't teach me nothing in this program that I, I've been doing this stuff. I just never got the paper. So anyway, she worked. And, and I mean, I'll just tell you, yeah, they, 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 they snatch black babies. You know. They be snatching black babies from, uh, I, yes, they do that. It's damn near impossible. You, my wife and I were, were wanted to be a foster family. And we went into the uh, foster care program twice. We went through the orientation. And everybody, even the, 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 the social workers were like, yeah, we got black kids for sale. We got kids for sale. They got black kids wholesale. Anybody can get it. But white babies, mm -mm, don't even think about it. Don't even apply. So forcibly transferring children. But that doesn't really happen on the scale that it would qualify as genocide. But it happens. And it scales up and down depending on where you are. But all I'm saying all that to say is black people, we've been under a consistent genocide campaign since the late 1800s. And the goal, you could argue, if not extermination, then repression. Right? And like I said, there are two elements to genocide. There is the mental element, which I think we overlook. There's the physical element, which is killing, harming, uh, uh, subhuman or substandard uh, conditions, uh, preventing or suppressing births and transferring children. Woo, woo. They, they, we're very clear on the physical components of genocide. But I think we miss out a lot on the, on the uh, mental. And that includes taking away a people's nationality. Taking away where we come from. Taking away our African identity. Our African roots, cutting us off from our roots. That's an gen act of genocide. The ethnic and racial suppression. Destruction of people's racial and ethnic identity. Or trying to impose. If you take a bunch of Muslims and try to force them to convert to Christianity. Or even like what's happening in China with the Uyghurs. Trying to forcibly convert someone from Islam to, to, to atheism, secularism, or Shintoism. That is genocidal and I'm an atheist I don't in any way support bulldozing people's mosques and temples I think the only justifiable and sustainable way to bring about secularism and to expand atheism is through educating people and articulating the truth 
And I'm not saying the atheist truth. I'm saying the truth as it is presented, as it is supported by the evidence. And wherever you fall down after hearing and being exposed to the truth and given resources, all the resources you need to help you engage reality and secure uh, a uh, uh, evidence-based outlook, wherever you fall down, if you can know the truth and be fully educated, have all the resources available to you, and you still want to bump your head on the floor at the mosque and do the chicken dance in the tabernacle, I wouldn't get in your way. But anyway, that's genocide. Black people, we always talk about this is genocide or they're going to commit genocide against us we've been under genocide two centuries two centuries or more of genocide so genocide is not something that is coming to us but what we often mistakenly call genocide is extermination or mass killing campaigns extermination and mass killing campaigns concentration so there are some more overtly avert uh, forms of, of genocide. So that's what I'm really talking about. The real issue, we're talking about final solutions, mass atrocities, extermination, cleansing campaigns. The end goal of genocide. That's what I'm more so speaking to in this moment. Not the fact that we are, because we've been under an ongoing genocide. And it's very unfortunate. I think we need to fight it. We need to reverse it. But before we can fight, reverse, transform, or destroy something, we have to understand it. But as we speak, as I'm sitting here now, we're on a road map to mass atrocities, extermination campaign, uh, uh, ethnic cleansing, mass atrocities, final solution level. Are, are we there? Because that is ultimately, even in Nazi Germany, because when you say genocide, like white folks have gone all over the world. I mean, just the Spaniard could kiss the doors in their time of reaching the so-called New World, the conquest of Spain, of New Spain. They used to call South America New Spain. They killed 7% of the world's population, <laughs> of the whole world. Just that one country. And the Spaniards... They, they were inefficient at imperialism. The shit was ugly. And I'm not one of those things, ain't nothing got better, things are worse. I don't believe that shit. I, you, I don't like people talking about, oh, things are worse now than they ever been. Oh, things are terrible now. They're not terrible now. They're not worse than they've ever been. They're not worse than it was in Jim Crow. I'm sorry. Not the conditions nor the stats bear that out. Shit ain't, it ain't all gravy now. That's some positivity you want. It ain't all gravy for us. But please stop disrespecting our ancestors and what our ancestors went through in Jim Crow and chattel slavery and the Ma'afa and direct colonization by acting like how we live now is worse than it ever was. It's just not accurate by any scale or any measure. So things have improved. But what history has also demonstrated, as things can slowly, progressively get better, they can also rapidly fall off and rapidly descend. Now, it just kind of disturbs me that there's so many conscious black people out here talking about, oh, how good things were in the 70s when we had our own banks and businesses. 
we had all our own businesses back in the 50s. <laughs> Let me tell you, businesses is not what makes life better, goddammit. So even though I'm willing to acknowledge that things have improved for my people and for humanity in general, some things have improved, some things have worsened, but there's always the grand potential as long as capitalism and white hegemony and imperialism is still in full effect across the globe. There's always a chance for a rapid, steep decline. Oh. I just had to make a note in case I don't run out of time. But let's talk about the roadmap to what I really, but I couldn't call it a roadmap to atrocities, roadmap to extermination. Because people are more familiar with the term genocide. So what is it? What's going on? Why do we, what things are pointing to a potential for a rapid decline where we go from this status quo of black oppression, the status quo of tolerance, where we talk about tolerance, this status quo of uh, uh, police killings, protests, reform, atrocity, protests, reform, to concentration camps, to outright open slaughter in the streets. Because things aren't perfect now. They're bad. They're a lot bad. Their shit is bad now. But what's going to stop? What, what can bring you to Nazi, fascist, Italy, uh, uh, the Balkans? That would be more akin. What, what could happen in the United States is more akin to what could happen in Serbia. Bosnian conflict. The ethnic cleansing plan, uh, campaigns of the uh, of the of the early '90s more so than the World War II atrocities. But there's a lot of evidence that the United States is headed towards like a uh, balkanization, where the United States can literally have campaigns of mass slaughter as opposed to the picking us off, killing our children one by one, destroying us through chronic disease, resource deprivation, uh, in, uh, uh, targeted police atrocities to just gathering black folks up as a whole. And it's, it won't be just black people. There's a lot of vulnerable population. And a lot of members of that vulnerable population, including black people, are joining the right-wing fascists who are driving us on the roadmap to extermination, the roadmap to genocide. Uh, they have a lot of black allies. I say this all the time in their effort to dominate the world. White people have more black allies than enemies in their efforts to oppress the masses. White people have more black allies, meaning there are more black people working with white people in their oppression and, and, and their genocide and their exploitation than there are black people working against them. I mean, every time I go online, I don't see this much in the people I interact with because I don't interact with that many black folks that are that far gone. Maybe I need to expand my circle. Maybe I need to inflate my bubble so I can get some face-to-face -face interaction with these crazy-ass black. Because most black people I know are decent black people. And most black people I talk to and engage with are, 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 are decent black people from all walks of life. But online... 
in the social media sphere, I'm seeing black conservatives. I don't know, personally, I don't know any black conservatives, personally. And I do know some black evangelical, some black evangelical Christians, but they tend to be old school evangelicals, the charitable type, the old school Jesus loves the poor type, not not the muscular uh, uh, Jesus with the AK-47. But anyway, the, the black people that listen to like Jordan Peterson, black people who listen to the Daily Mail, I don't really get to interact with those black folks. But like I'm saying, they're black white folks going to have a lot of allies. But anyway, the roadmap. This is the first thing. These are things that you look for in a society to say, hey, as we work to improve society, as we work to bring justice to society, as we work to liberate ourselves from our oppressors, what are some things that can completely cause a drop off, that can intensify? When you see massive scapegoating going on in society, and scapegoating is when you have a legitimate problem in your society, but you blame the wrong people for that problem. So the white masses in America are going through it. They're experiencing, like I always say, their self-inflicted wounds. From an opioid crisis to uh, shit. And I know it's, it's kind of bad to talk about white folks going through this because I know the black people in the audience to be like, shit, give me some white problems. <laughs> you know? Shit we've been going through, shit that's just normal for us. It's like shit we've been going through for generations and white folks happen to them over a weekend. You know, I mean, white folks then stormed the Capitol for an election they lost. Can you imagine how many reasons black people have had to storm this goddamn Capitol? <laughs> I mean, we barely, we do, we had a peaceful marches. We peacefully marching so they don't kill us. White folks is rioting. And storm the Capitol. You know, they the goddamn congressmen had to run down to the nuclear bunker. They were passing out cyanide capsules, capsules to the congressmen and say, if they breach, bite down on this capsule. That way, they don't take you alive. <laughs> shit was f over some white folks are rioting for shit. So you know, white folks they uppity as hell. <laughs> like they be demanding shit we we beg for shit that belongs to us just give us back some of our shit they be rioting for shit that never they never earn but i digress scapegoating so in right now we have massive scapegoating there's like literally trans hysteria right the transgender people are destroying us. The same thing, like if you look at any other words, communist or, or, or the witch, like women. Oh, the women, the women are stealing our children. The same accusations they're making against trans, grooming our children, even though every goddamn day there is a massive story about child sex trafficking, child grooming, child systemic child abuse. It's always the church. The Mormon Church, the Southern Baptist Convention, the Jehovah's Witness Watchtower. Every single goddamn time they do a sweep of, 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 of people trying to, to, to buy children, traffic children. In the group, there's always a rabbi. There's always a youth preacher. There's always a off-duty or retired cop in that, those sweeps. We've arrested 35 men in a sting, a child trafficking sting. 
And in that group, there was a rabbi, there was a preacher, there was a, there was a retired, every single time. I ain't seen a drag queen in none of them. Y'all kicking in the door of drag queen shows and I ain't seen one Catholic cathedral get kicked in. I ain't seen a kingdom hall get kicked in. Like I said, go kick in a military base because they are doing daily assaults. So that's scapegoating. But when we got groomers, evidence, Pizzagate, they kicking in the door of pizza parlors. Like, the, why not just go with the evidence? If you th- yes, there is massive child abuse, massive child indoctrination, massive child trafficking. Yes, that is happening. But guess what? What's that guy that, that, that was in jail? Epstein. Epstein was not a drag queen. Jeffrey Epstein was not transgender. Jeffrey Epstein did not hang out at drag screen, drag shows or story hours. He was in corporate boardrooms. He was with Trump. Civic leaders. A pope who was hand selected by God. A pope hand selected by God. The pope who is hand selected by God had a long history, evidence, documented history of protecting pedophiles and transferring them from parish to parish to parish. Ain't nobody kicked in the Vatican, but you're kicking in pizza parlors and drag queen story hours. That is the height of scapegoating. And let me tell you something. The sister in the comments, like black people are on that too. Black people who've never interacted with a transgender person. And even if they interacted with a transgender person, they didn't know that they were transgender. They just thought it was a man and or a woman. They didn't know. But you would swear, I asked me, oh, trans, everybody, they taking over sports. I'm like, what sport? Name the sport where the transgender athletes are taking over. Name the town, name the city, name the legislation that the transgender politician wrote. Name a transgender politician. When, why if everywhere I look, black people and are following these insane white people into scapegoating transgender people for all society's problems? Literally, the white people are stepping over meth. The white people are stepping over uh, housing, uh, uh, loss of housing and loss of wealth, bank collapse, and they're like transgender. This is scapegoating. Just like when, they're, oh, the Jews are the problem, or the witches, it's witches, old women. These, these people are crazy. So when you see scapegoating, and there's this old poem, when they came for the transgenders, I wasn't transgender, so I said nothing. When they came for the L, the G, the B, the TQs, I was not an L, G, B, G, or Q, so I said nothing. And so, but eventually they're going to work their way. Because then if they, if, they, if they slaughter, if they suppress, if they drive transgender people back into the crevices and the background of society and none of the problems that they accuse the transgender people of causing are solved, then they're going to be like, okay, we got rid of the transgender. Who else is causing the problem? 
So believe you, black folks, you're on that list. So if they check off the transgender people and they check, if you allow them to keep getting power and growing and influence and say, I'm going to vote for the, and I just saw some dude saying, oh, the Democrats, uh, the LGBTQs are just covering for pedophiles. And there was this meme of a Trojan horse, right? And the, 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 the horse was LGBTQ. And inside the Trojan horse was pedophiles. And, and the person pulling the Trojan horse up to the gate was the Democratic Party. And they were like, so the, the gay rights movement is just covered for the... Now, and I'm like, wait a second. Like I said, for the last 15 years, the headlines have been Catholic Church, the Mormon Church, the Southern Baptist Convention, the goddamn Boy Scouts had to file for bankruptcy because they had billions of dollars of legitimate cases for the Boy Scouts, which is a Christian Mormon organization. I was a Cub Scout. We met in a church, and it was part of my requirement in order to remain a Cub Scout is that we had to attend Sunday services. All these Christian conservative organizations that have been found guilty. That have been found guilty of indoctrination, grooming and abuse of children. But I, I, let me keep let me let me let me run down this list. But when you do the scapegoating. And the same strategy, and I had Willie D, my favorite ghetto boy. Man, my rappers just be letting me down. These old ass rappers. Willie D. Talking about, I can't get into it. I got to get on to the next. So they scapegoating immigrants. They scapegoating, of course, single mothers. Oh, the single mother. If, if women, if every woman that was impregnated and gave birth was, was, was uh, married, every problem would be solved in society. If women would just close their legs, cover their bodies, and stop all this making noise and making all this racket, go back to the kitchen. So you scapegoat. You never hear a right winger say multinational corporations, monopoly capitalism, the, the elite. Well, they'll say billion. The only billionaire that does any wrong is George Soros. Every other billionaire is a noble hard worker. So they got one billionaire they'll call out. Be like the billionaires. They're the parasites of the world. We need to bring down the bill. Yes, we need to bring down George Soros. No, I said the billionaires. Yes, George Soros. No, the billionaires. George Soros, bring down. So when you find a system that is saturated with all kind of severe problems, but all the focus is on people or groups that had nothing to do with causing the problem and the persecution of those people will do nothing to solve the problem. That is called scapegoating. When it's the more intensified scapegoating, the closer you get to mass atrocities, final solution type campaign. The next step is criminalizing and pathologizing of vulnerable and targeted groups. Calling these people threats to society, menace to society, burdens on society. And the real threat, menaces, and burdens are never identified. And then when you get to calling people vermin, cockroaches, filth, when you start to pathologize groups of people and you start to criminalize criminalize a born criminal born guilty when the people can come on mainstream media and say well if we aborted every black child the crime rate will drop 
When they start identifying people, you're corrupting our society and corrupting our youth. And they don't even speak to, they'll talk about the rapper, an individual rapper corrupting you. But they don't talk about the mass billion trillion dollar media apparatus and the satellite. They don't say shit about that the Pentagon has one of the chief funders of, of, of media. The psychologist on the payroll of these corporations that are creating addictive products where they're studying the, the physiology and 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 of the of the body you know the hormonal and stimulants how to stimulate and, and activate parts of the brain these social media sites but I can get one rapper with a face tattoo and a shitty song F-R-E-E-F-E. Oh, yeah, she's the one corrupting. It's Megan, the wet-ass pussy. That's what's causing the downfall of Western civilization. WAP. You've literally had people like Ben Shapiro. And they don't look at the true propaganda systems. And by the way, propaganda, the methods and very concepts of propaganda was founded by the church, by the Catholic church. But I got. So when you see whole populations being criminalized or pathologized, when they stop referring to you as human beings, and they start calling you vermin, they start calling you thugs, they start calling you super predators. MS-13. That is a roadmap to extermination. When they start calling you, oh, these people carry disease or they spread disease, sickness, the mental, the mind virus. Now they they went from being anti-woke to now they're calling woke a mind virus. When they start calling using medical terminology to refer to you and the phenomenon in your culture, that is a road map to genocide. Though genocide is we conceive it, not as it's defined, because if we define it the way it's to, to be defined, we'd understand we're on the an ongoing campaign to genocide and we're under perpetual vulnerability of extermination. And the woke mind virus and I see black people, some of my own friends, I have to check using anti-woke rhetoric, using woke just like Hotep as a derogatory term. And uh, this woke stuff, man, I can't stand this woke. Like using woke as if it's a bad thing. And black people are falling for every one of these things that I'm listing as the roadmap to genocide. There is a significant um, uh, amount of the black population that's rocking with it. Just like, don't you know how many Jews celebrated the rise of the Third Reich? How many Jewish capitalists were like, yeah, Hitler's going after the communists. And the communists are corrupting our youth. The communists are promoting degenerate values. Yeah, get those communists, get the communists, purge the communists. Many Jews in Nazi Germany supported Hitler's anti-communist. Yeah, they, we're going to deregulate commerce. They might start with the, 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 the communists. They might start with the anarchists. They might start with the Bolsheviks, but they're going to end with you. They might start with, the, oh, we're going to just get rid of the trans. We're just going to get the immigrants. And you got uh, whole black organizations. ADOS, Foundational Black America's like, yeah, get them immigrants. <laughs> yeah. Just like the Jews, the, the, the Hitler's Jewish soldiers. 
It's a book out there. I tell y'all about that book all the time. And a lot of people did not oppose the Nazi regime until the Nazis were at their doorstep. There's a famous poem about it, how everybody waited until it was their turn. A lot of conservative and orthodox Jews, when Hitler was like, we're going after the gays, they were like, yeah, get those queers out of here. They're corrupting our youth. When Hitler was going after the disabled and feeble people, it's like, yeah, they're a burden on society. My tax dollar is going to take to somebody. Get a job. Begging on the street. And this is happening right here. History is repeating almost to the T. An incompetent cult leader who becomes a, a, a political figure, a buffoonish clown who becomes the most powerful man in society. Moving on, the next, uh, wealth concentration. Wealth concentration, meaning expansion of poverty and the, w the rich get richer and the poor get poor. That breaks down societal ties. That breaks down what they call social cohesion, commodification of everything. It used to be you could walk when I was a kid. I'm old enough where I can use that terminology now. I never thought I'd see the day when I could be sitting here talking about when I was a kid. I used to hear that old folks say that and I'd roll my eyes. Grandma Sonetta, Uncle Gene, when I was a kid, now here I am saying it. I'm going to say it with my chest too. When I was a kid, when I was a child, when I, wa I would walk out the front door and have the time of my life without a goddamn dime in my pocket. I grab a raw, cold-ass hot dog and just eat a raw hot dog, maybe a hunk of uh, uh, white saltine crackers with, with some government uh, peanut butter or some government cheese swear it spread on saltine crackers, and that was enough to fuel me for the whole day. Maybe a fried lunch meat sandwich, and I didn't like splitting the ends because I liked when the, when the lunch meat would bubble up. I'd eat me a fried, I'd get up in the morning, eat me a fried lunch meat sandwich, maybe take a scoop, of uh, 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 three cups of sugar and eight ounces of Kool-Aid, stir that shit up, and I'd leave the house on a Saturday morning, and I'd be gone all day, and I wouldn't have spent a dime, and I would have had the time of my life. I'd go to the Boys and Girls Club. I'd go down to the creek. I'd go to Swope Park. I'd have the time of my life, and now my son just went out, with his friends, freshman in high school. It was like, I'm heading out on a Saturday. And he's like, uh, mom, can you transfer $15? I'm like, God damn, $15 just to go outside? God damn, who are we? We ain't the Huxtables. We not the, we, we, we not the Smiths. You gonna send it? And, and my wife, of course, let me send him $15. He's out with his friends. That's commodification where every experience comes with a price tag. Every human interaction, you can't be a part of society without spending money. You can't go out to your house. If you ain't got no money, stay home. And we support that. You're broke ass, calling people broke and shit. Where do the kids go where to just live and be for free? I, like I said, I'd walk out of the house without a dime in my pocket, be gone all damn day, and not spend a dime and have a, be able to interact with dozens of people and get into all kinds of shit
And so that type of shit causes a breakdown in societal bonds and ties. And like I said, I'd leave my house and get a fried lunch meat sandwich, and then I'd go over uh, to my friend's house, and then mama might have some, some cold pizza, and they just throw food at us. And we'd be in and out of different people's houses. That's all gone now because every experience, I know people my same age, my peers, with their children, young children. I got friends with children that's still in diapers and friends with children that are in college. And every experience that they had, the parents got to shell out some money. It's got to be organized and structured. Play dates. What the hell was a play date? I had never heard of a play. That's what I get. You know, we're living this. Oh, I should have stayed in the hood. That play date shit was weird. Play date? What's a play? You just unlock the door and kick the kid out. Let them go run around their neighborhood. I know kids who have never walked on their own block, never played on their own street. Oh, well, we got a play date. We're going to take them to play center. But anyway, I'm, I'm getting, I'm, I'm making this personal. Uh, uh, concentration of wealth, commodification of life, turning everything into a, a economic situation. Women talking about, oh, I ain't giving him no cat unless she got a credit score man what do you bring to the table turning every single human there's no more interaction no more intimate connections no more uh uh, uh erotic or, or or emotional connect every connection is financial and then they keep control of the finances so they get to determine like Sharazad ali said the white man is the god of jobs and you out here bragging about the fiat that the white man pulled out his ass abracadabra here's money and we orient our whole reality around this fiat. But I digress. That is a roadmap to genocide. Environmental instability and global warming bringing about drought, crop failures, uh, a lack of uh, the disruption of supply lines where people can't get the supplies that they need. And there's inflation, which takes you back to, to the issues driven by wealth concentration and income inequality, uh, environmental instability leads to atrocity and genocide, social instability, homelessness, uh, addiction, domestic violence. Those all are, are, are precursors to a, the erosion of societal bonds and, and social norms to the point where you have blood in the streets. You got Bosnia-style, Nazi Germany-style mass extermination campaigns. There's a book. It's not the best book, but I can't think of the other book I was talking about. But, oh, the good or better book is called A Century of Genocide. There's this book called A Century of Genocide where they talk about all these gen and they talk, don't just talk because there's been uh, uh, um, from from the Pol Pot campaigns, the Biafra. And they talk about all these genocides and the and the relatively mundane background conditions that led to literally within the course of weeks, millions of people being murdered within a course of weeks, days, months, millions of people slaughtered. Whole communities ravaged. The conditions that lead to that. So you move on to. Economic instability from social the social instability and the problem with social instability that should be the root if you read anybody who studies disasters it is not you like people who are prepared i'm sure all over mississippi you got pre preppers and survivalists and they got all these goddamn guns 
and they got all this fucking um, MRE food. And I'm prepared for the last days. I'm prepared for the apocalypse. I'm prepared for the Russians. I'm prepared for the Muslims to come. They ready for everything. And here come a tornado. You can't shoot a fucking tornado. And then the tornado comes and levels everything and your food gets blown across 50 counties. And even if your food is buried in a bunker, there's a, a tons and tons of rubbish on top of your bunker. So all these preppers, it's impossible to prep because you, if you prepare, what are you prepping for? Food shortage, water shortage, nuclear spill. Are you prepping to, to hunker down in place? But what if there's a nuclear uh, catastrophe? You can't hunker down in place. You got to pack up and move as a group. There are too many scenarios for catastrophe for any individual to prepare. Preppers are self-delusional. They're self-delusional. The only thing that can guarantee the survivability of a community in the face of a disaster is the cord the level of cooperation, the level of trust, the level of coordination of the larger community. If you don't have that, you're fucked. I don't care how much uh, 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 beef jerky you got, how many guns and, and uh, you can make your own bullets or how much body armor you have. The tornado didn't give a damn. And so that's the thing with this prepping. You saw how all these preppers who've been ready for the apocalypse, the moment the quarantine came, they're in the streets crying about fucking uh, getting a haircut. I want to go to the movies and get a haircut because they lost that social connection, which is more powerful. You can't shoot your way to bonds with other human beings. So the social disintegration and the economic and environmental st instability. And when people get like Doug Gregory said, when people are hungry, they get murderous, especially you meat-eating people. So economic instability, income stagnation, economic wealth concentration, all that. And then you have, I got to run through these, military overextension and a series of failed military campaigns. Rampant, baseless conspiracies run wild. Protocols of the learner elders that behold a pale horse and all these rampant conspiracies this QAnon bullshit and black people are swallowing that shit and regurgitating that shit. And one of the worst things you can do on social media is share misinformation from the right wing to the black community. Go and, and you better off sharing WAP videos. All this shit, the shit y'all condemning, y'all the real problem. Stop sharing links to right wing media nonsense. Daily Wire, Boa, Ben Shapiro, Jordan Peterson, uh, Joe Rogan. And uh, Dave Chappelle, stop sharing their shit. You're doing a grand disservice to the black community. And the number one cause, the number one marker is when you have the erosion of the left. Leftist organization, leftist policies, leftist movement, leftist ideology. That is one of the biggest uh, uh, barriers we have to, to extermination. I have to wrap it up there. Left erosion of the left. Which is well, and so, yeah, yeah, we're not very far. You don't have to stretch your imagination in order to, oh, shit, in order to, oh, shit, I done messed up. Sorry, y'all. Oh, I'm still here. Sorry. Okay, anyway, sorry about that. I did say, anyway, I'm going to wrap this show up today. Please like, share, subscribe. My viewership is going down. I'm going down. I'm going down because y'all ain't around. The whole world's turned upside down. Like, share, subscribe, or the Pro Diallo show goes away. I'll go find something else to do. I guess.
If we shut down the Bro Diallo show, I just warning y'all, y'all should support because my favorite, like I said, the Angry Indian, you know, was my favorite uh, uh, radio podcaster, and he was threatening to go off the air for like five years. I'm going to go off, y'all, and I, if this shit don't turn around, I'm going to be off the air. And I'm like, oh, yeah, he's just saying that. That's just his appeal. And then one day I go to tune in to my, my weekly show, and he was gone. And I thought to myself from then forward, whenever I find any type of programming that I like and it reaches out for my support, I'm going to support it. So, you know, heed my advice. If you appreciate the Bro Diallo show, then you got to show it. Don't, you know, like what Puff Day said, I don't t have to talk it because I live it. <laughs> live it, y'all. Do it. Anyway, Bro Diallo Show, Q4 Radio. I will see you guys um, Friday. Earn Your Liberation. So I got three programs. I got Earn Your Liberation. I got um, the Bro Diallo broadcast. And I got co-hosting with, with, with Skip Coon, who's in Mississippi. I contacted Mrs. Uh, uh, Skip in Mississippi to see how he's doing with these storms and uh you know he ain't got back to me so i'm about to blow up his phone when i get off of here and and make sure he's all right uh so uh i guess that's it we're gonna go out uh with more cutty ranks i'm in the mood for cutty ranks it's gonna be a cutty ranks type of day for me and i really appreciate y'all listening taking time and uh, I will see y'all for the next Bro Diallo broadcast next Monday. And after next Monday, next Wednesday, we'll have another broadcast of my newest um, show, Rational Radical Show, uh, co-hosted by uh, my brother Skip Coon. So until then, peace. And like I said, we're going out with uh, Cuddy Ranks today. Because like I said, it's a Cuddy Ranks type of move for me. You know, <laughs> rack a muffin. Anyway. I do do the thing put the thing on the thing so all right that's it peace cutting ranks y'all